are here on a Saturday, right? Saturday talking about weight loss. All right, let's do it. Because the topic today is how can you make weight loss easy? Can you imagine such a claim? Well, I'm not claiming it is easy, but I am claiming that we can focus on making it easier. And that's the goal. Actually, let me, nah, it's too late now. <laughs> so um, what we want to do is, is right off the bat, talk about how do you make weight loss easier? And that's more accurate to what I'm saying here. Uh, and so is there an easy way to lose weight? Mm, I don't know if it's easy, but you can make it easier than you've been making it simply because I believe that subconsciously you're actually looking for the hardest way to lose weight that I think that you want it, subconsciously. I think you associate the harder the weight loss, like the harder the plan is, the harder it is to do it, the more extreme it is, the faster the results you're going to get. And so I think subconsciously you're trying to find the, the hardest plan you can find. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> is that true? I don't know. You have to check that for yourself, but I certainly know I got wrapped up in that for a while. And I think most of us kind of do because it's very difficult, right? Again, um, mindset wise, you think of weight loss as a temporary thing. And um, that's the first problem. As soon as you think of something temporary, it's way easier to say, well, I could do anything for a little while, you know, and we get plans. I don't know, HCG diet, 500 calories a day, right? So it's like, okay, that's, that's, a, that's not very many calories. And so people can do it though, because they know they're just gonna do it for a little while. So again, we, we can kind of do anything for a little while. And so it all just kind of snowballs. And this is, okay, well, let me pick the hardest plan. Because if I pick the hardest plan, I'll get the fastest results. And that's what I want. I want fast results. I don't care if I'm just drinking water for all water fastness, I get to my goal weight, whatever. And so we have all these crazy ideas about how we're going to lose weight um, that are extreme, that are really difficult. And so we assume now, right? Because that's when we're really motivated. But what ends up happening, oh yeah, I'll talk about comfort eating in a second, um, is once we, once we think that weight loss we want the hardest plan possible. We start to assume that weight loss has to be hard, right? We start, it starts to become one of the same. At some point, it all kind of morphs together where you think about weight loss, you think about dieting, you think about dieting, you think it's going to be short term. You think about short term, you say, well, I'll do something extreme. <laughs> I do something extreme. I got to do it perfect. Um, and so it's this chain reaction that kind of builds on itself. So the idea of making weight loss easy is really, it's a mindset. You know, and it's the opposite of what I just said. It really comes back to um, starting with how can I make, well, so right off the bat, you don't want to lose weight. Okay. That's not your real goal. Your goal is that you want to get to your goal weight and live there the rest of your life on your autopilot. That's the real goal. Okay. So you've got to orient yourself away from that short term, just losing weight to starting to focus on how can I live at my goal weight for the rest of my life? You know, that, that's a, they're, they're two completely different worlds. They're to, two totally different paths. And they, they're, you know, you get on to each one, depending on which goal you articulate for yourself. So if all you care about fast weight loss, have fun. Good luck. You're probably going to stay stuck in that same loop of, of never losing the weight. Most likely. Um, once you start focusing on weight mastery and you say, okay, the next question to me becomes, how can I master my weight in the easiest way possible? How can I master my weight in a way that I want to do forever? Because I want to stay at my goal weight for the rest of my life. So I want to develop a mindset, a lifestyle, and a way of eating and living that really allows me to live at my goal weight and be the person I want to be, you know? And so that's the real secret, I think, to starting to get to the point of how can I make it easier? And that's just, it's not a question you're asking. You just presuppose and assume that weight loss has to be hard and you're stuck in that world. And it's not your fault. It's a this diet mindset that's been installed into your mind without you knowing just like a hypnotic suggestion like a virus just 
the, the, the diet virus is on your brain and you can't think of weight loss any other way. And so you just assume that weight loss has always got to be the struggle. It's always got to be this battle. It's always got to be difficult. It's always got to be hard, right? Because that's another part of weight loss for you is that you're always fighting against yourself. And so the entire process of weight loss is just coded subconsciously as difficult, hard, a struggle, you know, um, thoughts on water fasting. I think it doesn't make any sense. I think it, it's a goofy to water fast, you know, unless I don't know what the point of water fasting would be <laughs> unless you want to make yourself miserable and maybe you want to weigh more ultimately, or you want to be more sad. Um, but anyway, so, so making it easy, right. That's what we're talking about here. How do you make your weight loss easier? And it starts with asking the question. And you can't really ask that question if you're stuck in the short-term weight loss uh, mindset. You know, nothing will work. If, if all you want is fast, fastest results possible, it's always going to be hard. So the first thing you do is extend that time frame. Start thinking longer term, articulating the goal that way. Then once you do that, then you start getting a clearer idea of how you're going to do this. Because you're always thinking about your weight loss as a like an overcorrection, an overreaction of the situation you're in. You have to take a step back and say, okay, how can I become the thin, healthy person I want to be? How can I live at that weight? And how can I make it easy and natural? And so the way to make it easy is to really focus in on your subconscious mind. Okay. Your subconscious mind handles all of your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. So how do you keep your teeth clean? Well, you probably have a program that you installed into your subconscious mind called brushing your teeth a couple times a day. Right. And so at this point, it kind of just runs on its own. You know, you, you still manage it. You're aware of it, but it pretty much, you know, you have the times when you do it. And at those times, your mind just says it's time to brush our teeth. Or before we get into bed, I'm going to brush my teeth. I just got out of bed. Time to brush my teeth. You know, whatever your routines are. And so they kind of run on their own. And so this is really the where you want to look to really get a better idea of how to master your weight is you start really implementing more habits and routines like brushing your teeth that are related to mastering your weight. And you say, well, what are those? Right. Because all you can think about in losing weight is just calories. Right? All you think about is just cutting down food. And so, yeah. So I always talk about the three pillars of weight mastery, but I describe them kind of in a pyramid shape. The bottom level, because it's the most important, the biggest foundation is your mindset, right? How you're thinking about all this. The next level is your lifestyle. And then the top level is the eating, right? What, what's the eating structures you have and strategies? And so, um, so when we say, how can we make it easy? And we say, okay, well, let's get some habits in place. Well, we want to have some mindset thinking habits that are going to support us, right? So that we stay motivated, so that we stay optimistic, so that we stay, you know, kind of solution oriented along the path. Um, lifestyle habits, maybe the most important ones of all of them in terms of habits. How can I have lifestyle habits that support me making healthier food choices, support my metabolism, support my mindset, all the rest of it. And then ultimately the eating ones, you know, which are the closest ones to actually influencing your weight, but they're all built on the foundations of mindset and lifestyle. So I'm saying you have good suggestions. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad, glad you're enjoying them. Um, how often do you think we should weigh ourselves? I will get to that in one second. Um, so, so that's how you make it easy. So again, I'm not saying it is easy. It's kind of like piano, right? Let's just say you want to play piano. It's like, there's the learning of the piano, right? And that's a lot of work and you can't do it all at once. So if you really want to learn the piano, the most important thing you could do is to install a practice routine, a practice habit. And so if you start to practice every day in the morning for a half hour, say, and you just kind of install that behavior into your lifestyle, you know, after a month, you've made considerable improvement after a year, 
right? You, you've made a tremendous improvement. So it's not about like, give me all the information. I'm just going to learn it. It's much more about thinking in terms of long-term timeframes and how can I consistently stay on track with things? Okay. Um, that's kind of the focus here. And, and so it's a different one. And one other way to kind of look at this is, you know, we live in a, in a culture that really values treating the symptoms over getting to the core problem, you know, at, at the heart of it. And so when it comes to weight loss, it's the same thing where a lot of people are just assuming you're always going to be hungry. You're always going to have unhealthy cravings. You're always going to be overwhelmed and exhausted. Eating well is always going to be difficult. And you're starting the whole process, just assuming those are factors and truths that can never change. And that's not true. You can absolutely influence all of those, you know, primarily through your lifestyle. And so what do I mean by lifestyle? I'm talking about your sleep, your hydration, your relaxation, your breathing, your nourishment, your movement, your meditation, and your gratitude. And if you start instituting those habits into your life, you start to create a different body and a different mind that starts to crave different foods, that has the ability to choose healthier foods, that wants to choose healthier foods. And so you can influence yourself on a deeper level. So again, what I always tell my clients is like, we want to create a prevention mindset. Instead of fighting against everything, we want to go to the, the source and fix it. You know, and that's what this is all about. Um, and so I see, I, I know um, <laughs> I have gotten a lot of, because anytime, no, not anytime, but sometimes I put a thin video up uh, with a thin in the title. And so I get a lot of eating disorder all of a sudden. So one thing I'll say is like the same phrase can mean one thing in one context and something completely in another context. Um, however, when I do these lives, I, I get a lot of that question and I'm happy to talk about that. So, um, please, please keep it respectful. If you can keep the trolling down to, to a minimum, I'd appreciate that. Um, because you know, really what I'm trying to do, what my expertise is helping people that are overweight, lose weight, you know? And so when I talk about, what I talk about in the context of eating disorders, uh, it doesn't come out the same. Okay. And so I'm the first to acknowledge that. Um, but some things, you know, don't work in every context. This be one of them, but I'm happy to talk about it with you. So, so I will get to that one second. I record, um, just a little bit of a lesson here and then I'll get to all your specific questions. And then I got a lot of time to talk about it today. So, okay. So, um, getting back to making things easier, um, you know, and easier as well. I'll, so let me, let's, where, where there's a little convergence here for everyone is, Part of making it easier, again, so the first part is changing how you think about it, starting to think longer term, um, starting to focus really on your habits so that you're investing your time and energy into habits that are going to last a long time. What you're doing most of the time to lose weight is you have your subconscious behaviors that run, right? So example of that is like maybe you sit on the sofa at eight o'clock and eat ice cream or cookies or whatever, right? And so then one day you say, okay, I'm going to eat better. I want to lose weight. And so you have that intention, but then at eight o'clock comes and all of a sudden you have this compulsion to sit on the sofa and eat the ice cream right? That's a subconscious program that just runs automatically. So most people's weight loss approach is to use their conscious willpower to try and fight against their subconscious programming. And it's a very ineffective way to do it. And this is why you feel like you're fighting against yourself, right? Have you ever thought that <laughs> when you're trying to lose weight? It's kind of like you're, there's a part of you you're fighting against, right? And, and there is, there's this part of you that, um, you know, literally one, one party is driving you to do one thing and another party wants to stop eating so much. All right. So, that's another part of making this easier is working with yourself, understanding how you work as a human being and setting yourself up for long-term success and really primarily focusing on the habits you have, you know, and developing the habits that serve you, the habits that keep you at your goal weight. Because once those habits are in place, I mean, you still have to, it's just like brushing your teeth, right? Like you have to be, you have to be aware like of brushing your teeth, but, but it's like 90% on autopilot, Right. That's what you want all your, your weight habits to be, 
And right now, unfortunately, a lot of your habits that lead that are impacting your weight are just going the wrong direction. Right? You're overeating, you're choosing the wrong foods, you're eating too much, you know, th these things. And so we want to create ways of living that are just as automated, but they're automated and they keep you at the weight you want to be at. Okay. And, um, and so here, another way to start to make it easier is to get very clear and congruent on your goal, um, to just pick a, a goal weight based on a number on a scale or a size close. Um, that doesn't mean much, right? Because getting to X amount of pounds doesn't automatically make you happier, right? Weight and money are very similar, right? In the sense that they're means to an end. And so, you know, if you get sick, like really sick, and then you lose a bunch of weight, well, you're not happy about it. Right. Um, if you have to work 200 hours a week and your relationships are falling apart, you have a lot of money in the bank. That, that's, you know what I mean? Like the, the money doesn't make you happy. So you have to understand that. And so that allows you to start from the first day. Why am I doing this? What is my reasoning? You know, and the reasoning is that I would suggest your goal not just be a number, but give it more meaning. And I always say, take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. Make this a process of becoming the best version of yourself that you can be. There's a lot more motivation that way, right? If you're just trying to aim at a number, it's just, it's, it's what we call an extrinsic motivator, right? It, it's really about other people, right? And, and wondering what they're going to say about you getting to a number. Well, thanks for the rose. And um, it, it's, it's the weakest form of motivation, you know, so again, it's just, this is the science of motivation. I'm not making this up. It's intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. Look it up. And most people base their weight loss motivation on extrinsic motivation, wanting to look better or wanting to get to a number on a scale or size on a close. And that's the weakest form of motivation. So if that's what you, been your main goal for a long time and it hasn't worked, I suggest that you change it up and you find a more congruent goal, um, a weight that's going to make you the happiest, the healthiest and give you the best quality of life right? That's a much loftier goal. And you're going to find much, you're going to be able to tap into way more motivation. And so that's a way to make it easier. The more motivated you are, the easier the process is. So a lot of people have no idea how to influence their motivation, right? But uh, once you do, if you can influence your motivation and you can crank it up, that by definition makes the process easier. Do you see what I'm saying? So again, you're approaching weight loss a lot of times with a kind of a set fixed belief system and it's not true. And so if you take a step back and look at it, um, you can make a lot more distinctions and make this process a lot easier. All right. Um, okay. So that's the idea. So uh, let's see here. I want to, uh, I'll get to some questions here. What happens if I ruin my metabolism due to eating disorders and now it only works with laxatives? Um, I don't know that that's not a specialty of mine. How often do you think we should weigh ourselves? Well, the scale's a tool and it depends what your goal is. You know, I will say for me, when I was actively losing weight, I weighed myself all the time. Okay. So I think of the, the scale to me is like the speedometer of your car. I mean, I know you're saying well, that seems ridiculous, right? But it's like, it's a tool. And so I did, I did a lot of work to let go of the emotion around the scale. And I, I really worked on being very indifferent standing on the scale and just using it literally. Like if you're in the speedometer of the car and you're going too fast, you, you don't freak out, you slow down. Or if you're going too slow, you don't freak out, you speed up. And so I'm not saying that that won't be an aspiration for you and it may feel impossible now, but if you can use the scale simply as a measurement tool to let you know where you're at, then I think that's probably the ideal way. There's a thing called the weight registry study. 
Okay. It's a study of people that have successfully lost weight and kept it off for two years. Last I knew it was around like 35,000 people, I think. And so they just ask them, what about, what are the things you do? Did, did you use a scale? How often you use it? Things like that. There's a lot of diff different questions and it's just a survey. And again, my main golden rule of programming self then is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. However, there are strategies that tend to work for most people. Okay. So I forget now, I think it was like 60, 70% weighed themselves every day. Now that also means 30% didn't. Okay. But the vast majority of them did weigh themselves every day. So it is a good strategy to weigh yourself every day when you want to lose weight. However, you have to do that. I think in manage your emotional emotions and your emotional reaction and your emotional connection with the scale. But again, if I could articulate the most ideal way possible, I think if you could get to a place where you're just matter of fact, scale reflection, you know, just show me where I'm at, like the speedometer of a car, you know, it takes a bit of work to make that happen, but you can do it. It's just a tool. And if your goal is to lose weight, it's a very valuable tool. So again, but and I'm going to cap it off with the same thing. It's always up to you. If you hate the scale and it bums you out, it depresses you, then don't weigh yourself. You see what I mean? Like everything has to be based around you. This is one of the craziest things about weight loss, in my opinion, is that we're just, we're always kind of trained to like, oh, someone's just going to give you a plan. They never met you, have no idea about you, but they're going to give you an eating plan. You're just going to follow it. And it's like, that, that makes me sad almost because it's like, this is a process for you. You're a human being living a human life. Do, do you, you know, make this a process that's literally customized and built around who you are. In my program, there's a 60 page workbook and it's mindset strategies, lifestyle strategies, eating strategies that are all designed around you. And so, yeah, it's a little bit of work to fill it out. But once you have it, you have this personalized roadmap, this blueprint to live at your goal weight, you know, in the, in the easiest, best way possible. So um, again, it's always about what works for you. Um, the salad tip has really helped me. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you like that. So many people like that one. I'm going to start doing some more, um, kind of cooking ideas and just food ideas. The salad tip is I make, um, I make salads every week. Go check it out. I got it pinned on my bio, but it's basically every Monday I, um, I make and I, in that video, I made five salads, <clears throat> but I've cut that back. I do four salads a week now, same amount of salad, but I just eat them in four days instead of five. And, um, it's basically on Monday, Monday, uh, I make, I, I make four salads, but it's a, it's a great thing, right? Cause it's, it doesn't, doesn't cost much. Um, it takes me about eight minutes to make them all. And then it's just an easy way to get a ton of nutrients and, you know, good stuff into your body. So I'm glad you like that. It is a great strategy. Power lifter want lowercase category and where I should be. I don't know what that means. What is it? Do, do, do. Do you know hypnosis about grow taller? No, I've never heard of that, actually. Do you recommend doing a water fast to reset the body? No, 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 no. I would never recommend that. I'd recommend a water fast if you want to get obsessed about food, if you want to weigh more, if you want to struggle with your weight a lot, if you want to feel sad and depressed, if you want to feel not good enough, then I would recommend a water fast. That's probably what I'd recommend it for. I don't think a water fast would reset the body in any way. That's my opinion. I'm an everyday weigher. Oh, okay. I got you. I'm an everyday weigher, but I have a weekly average that I keep. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Another thing. So I'll give you a couple of benefits. I did weigh every day. And what I found beneficial about it is I started to really understand my body. And one of the fascinating things that I realized is two, two big things. Oh, thank, hey, Malala, how are you doing? Um, two big things I learned from weighing myself all the time. The first one is my weight fluctuated you know, five pounds, like in 24 hours, just, so I started to notice the random 
fluctuations in my weight and they were beyond anything I, I'd ever imagined. Um, I started to notice like certain behaviors would lead to weight gain and it started to help me recognize what certain foods with certain behaviors would lead to short-term fluctuations. And then I started to create a, a belief and an idea that if I start, if I want to lose weight and I start eating well now in my mind, now I expect it's going to take about two weeks for that weight loss to show up on the scale. Now that's me. So I'm not saying that's you, but that's for me weighing every day. I started to understand how my body was and what to expect and work with that. And so that helped me get through. Like if I just weigh myself week to week, knowing what I know now about my body. Well, I mean, if I just weighed once a week, uh, I don't know. I might weigh myself one time when I'm five pounds down and the next week I might be five pounds up. You know what I mean? Like I was talking about the daily five pounds sometimes. And so if that happened, I would be destroyed. Right. Cause it's like, if you step on the scale and you thought you're doing well all week and then you're five pounds heavier, 10 pounds heavier because your fluctuations that could just ruin a whole shot at losing weight, you know? So I, I just don't, you know, how, how valuable would it be to look at your speedometer when you get in the car, when you get out of the car, I, I just, I don't know. And I know there's a lot of emotional stuff, but to me, this is how I look at it. Cause I, I always kind of preach like an inside out approach to weight loss. And so it really starts with what are you thinking about? What's your goal? How are you thinking about your goal? Um, how do you feel about all this stuff? Right? Because that's the meat to me. That's the, the core of what's going on. You just want to hop into the tactics. You just want to, oh, tell me what to eat. Tell me how to exercise. Tell me what water to drink for a month, two weeks so I can lose weight. And so it's like we have like these, we just want tactics, but I just want to go to the inside. Cause I, I, you'll see it. I'm so excited because I got some people that are volunteering for a coaching session. And I'm so excited for you all to see this because when you see me coach someone, you're going to see this process play out in a much more compelling and realistic way, you know, cause I can teach whatever I teach, but until it's really within a context of an actual person who's struggling with different things, you're not really going to appreciate how valuable this approach is. And so I'm so excited. They're letting me tape it. I'm going to put it out as a podcast. So I'll let you know when that comes out. Um, but the scale, so some say, Oh, I can't, I can't deal with the scale. Well, it's like, if you respond to the scale that way, there's so much pent up traumatic energy attached to weight loss, to the scale, to whatever else. It's like, you know, with all that energy, I don't even know. It's gotta be cleared out or dealt with in some way, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know how you have so much fear about a scale and then successfully start mastering your weight, you know? So what do you do? Well, how do you want to feel about the scale is my first question. So Jim, we don't just feel how we want to feel. Yeah, you do. You can feel how you want to feel. It takes a little work sometimes. But yeah, like I said, if you really want to master your weight, if you're really serious about that, wouldn't it make sense that you start to have some sense of calm, peacefulness of being able to look at what is, where am I at? Where am I at tomorrow with my weight, depending on what I did? You know what I mean? If you were really serious, if like, like 10 out of 10, let me give you an example, right? Because I'm going to even tell you right now, you don't even want to lose weight most likely. Now, this might be a little different because I got the eating disorder people on here today as well, I think. But um, that exception, if you've been struggling to lose weight for a long time, I'm here to tell you that you most likely don't want to lose weight. You wish you'd lose weight, right? You wish you'd wake up tomorrow on Monday and just all of a sudden start eating better and losing weight. The wish is a 10 out of 10. But the actual want of like actually committing and taking some action to actually make it happen. Eh, that's usually like a two out of 10, <laughs> three out of 10. Don't get mad at me, right? Let's, let's just, we got to look at things honestly. If we don't look at things honestly, it's like Aldous Huxley, that, that phrase he said, you have to clean the lenses of your perception. You've got to, you've got to look at things clearly if you have any chance of fixing them, you know? So pretending that things aren't what they are, I, I just don't understand the point of that. Just because you're emotionally reactive to it. And I understand what it's like to be emotionally reactive. I know sometimes it's a process to make peace with the scale. But if if really, if you 
So what, what would be 10 out of 10 wanting to lose weight feel like? This is just a thought experiment. But imagine the person in your life that you love the most, the person you care about the most and love the most was kidnapped. And the kidnapper said, if you don't lose weight this next month, you'll never see this person again, right? So in that situation, all of a sudden it's a 10 out of 10. Like every single one of us would lose weight. Without knowing anything else, no diet, anything else, we would lose weight. Even if the kidnapper's like, you know what? I'm going to put your favorite foods around you the whole month too. Don't give a shit. I'm so focused on getting that person back in my life, you would make it happen. Now, I just use this as a thought experiment just to let you know what a 10 out of 10 would feel like. And you're not anywhere close to that. Let's be honest, okay? And this is why my program, the motivation is the very first step because you, A, don't even know how to motivate yourself and you're not motivated. The motivation you feel for weight loss is usually what I call a spontaneous pain-based motivation where you step on the scale, you see a picture of yourself, you know, you catch your reflection, you go to the doctor, someone says something to you, then you get so upset, you say, that's it, I got to lose the weight. And then you do something, but that's not real, genuine, long lasting motivation, you know? And so until you really know how to motivate yourself again, I don't even know, you know, it, it is a challenging process. There is no quick fix to weight loss. Jesus, can we not realize this at this point? I mean, when, when do you realize it? You know, people are so addicted to chasing shortcuts to lose weight. They never just put the time in to just master it. Just, just, let's just do it. You know, it's not rocket science. It's simple, but not easy sort of thing, you know, but it's like, if you do it strategically and structurally, it's not. You know, it's just like anything else, but we always with weight loss, again, you're, you're hypnotized by the diets, you know what I mean? To think about weight loss and the way you do. And, and that's, what's keeping you stuck more than anything. Um, I need daily feedback away and every day can tell when I have too much salt, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what happens. You start to really understand your body and people only look at the bad side of the scale. Cause you step on it and it's higher than you thought it was going to be. And that's just destroys you, which again, if that's so destructive to your psyche and emotions, it's like you might want to reframe some of that stuff and get a new a way to approach it. You, you can look at things differently. You can feel differently about things. You know, I'm not saying there's one simple answer. What I'm saying is think about how you're thinking about the scale if you hate it, you know, because it's one of the most valuable tools you can use if you're serious about losing weight. Every time I lose weight, I sabotage myself and gain weight again. I don't think you sabotage yourself. I, I always have this and all this could be semantics, but I think your weight is primarily controlled by your subconscious programming. Okay. And there's subconscious programming in terms of how you think about things, how you live your lifestyle, the, the habits and behaviors you have that, of, that are your life, and then the programs of how you eat. And so these are subconscious programs that have been installed in your subconscious mind. And now you just run automatically, just like brushing your teeth. You just do it because you learned how to do it. And so this is the same, you have the same things in terms of how you think about things that relate to your weight, how you're living your life in ways that impact your weight, and then how you eat. And so what happens is these subconscious processes run on autopilot. You know, and what happens is when you want to lose weight is you try and use your conscious mind, you try and fight against these programs and you can do it for a little while. Like you can fight against them to stop them, but it requires you to be very aware and control yourself and fight against yourself. Your conscious mind, your willpower is a, a prefrontal cortex uh, process and your prefrontal cortex is about 10% of your brain. The rest of your brain is running all these automated behaviors. So you got this little part of your brain trying to fight against the rest of it. And that's not how you're built. So literally the whole core of dieting where you're just going to force yourself to act a certain way, it's a shitty strategy. And so I don't think it's sabotaged as much as it is you fight against yourself for a little while. This part, you should see, like they do brain graphs. You know what I mean? Like there's a thing called your basal ganglia. When you learn something, when you're learning something new, it's tiring, right? It takes a lot of energy to learn it. But at some point you learn something, it literally goes into a different part of your brain. And that part of your brain just runs things on autopilot. You cannot ride a bike for 50 years, get on it and be able to ride it. It's not because you remembered consciously how to ride it. It's because that behavior program is in your subconscious mind. You just activate it. 
Okay. And so what you're doing to try and lose weight is you're trying to fight against your subconscious mind with your willpower and it doesn't last. It doesn't work. So I don't think of it as much as sabotaging yourself as it is. You, you, you fight against yourself and you stop your behaviors and you start losing some weight and, you did it, and then at some point you get sick, tired, distracted, bored, and the, the willpower kind of fades away a little bit and those behaviors just run back the way they always did. So I don't look at it as sabotaging as much as you never changed any of your subconscious programming ever. And so the only subconscious programming you have that runs automatically is all the things that keep you at that higher weight. So in my program, we use willpower in our conscious mind to reprogram, put, put new programs into the subconscious mind that run automatically. So it's not that, that constant fighting thing. I'm not dieting. I'm not counting calories. Um, I don't even weigh myself hardly anymore. I've got everything kind of automated. So that I'm at my goal weight. Now I'm always tweaking and optimizing it. And it, I've been at it for 30 years, but it's like, I now just kind of live my life in, in, and I've automated a lot of the food things and lifestyle factors that impact my weight. So I would just reframe that. Can you train yourself to not feel hungry? No. Um, you know, listen, I mean, you, you need to eat. Your body needs to eat. And that's why I always get these questions. So don't ask them if you're on here. Don't ask me how you can deal with like, don't tell me you keep binging. And then I say, well, why? And you're like, well, because I've tried not to eat anything. You know, I've been doing a water fast for six days. How do I deal with the hunger? You don't. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just your body is designed to eat food. And if you're not going to give it nourishment, it's going to, every single cell of your being is screaming out for food. So this is for... <laughs> If you're eating this, I would suggest turning this off because nothing I say is going to help you anyways, to be honest, because everything I do is built around the idea that the goal weight is a congruent, healthy weight for you to live at. And if that's not true and you know it's not true, then nothing I'm saying is going to work. All right. So, um, you know, when you try and not eat anything, every cell of your being starts screaming out for energy. And what happens mostly the way you experience it is your brain starts getting impacted dramatically. Um, so literally you have a thing called the reticular activation system, which really deletes out what's not important and brings into your awareness. What is important. You know, this when you're driving around, and you see your car, right? You're not looking for it. It just comes into your awareness. And so when you try not to eat and you're really, really hungry, what happens is your whole brain starts becoming obsessed with food and all you can see is food everywhere. You can smell food from a mile away. You can hear people opening food wrappers up from the next town. You can see every little thing that looks like food. You start salivating more. You start, everything starts heightening so that you can find food and eat it. So when you don't eat enough food, when you're not nourishing your body to the level you need to be at, it's a never ending struggle because you're literally fighting against everything that you are in that way. Every biochemical, every neurotransmitter, every hormone you're trying to fight against. And it's a losing battle that you'll never win. <laughs> so no, you can't train yourself not to be hungry. Good morning from Alaska. Yeah, Malala, that's yeah, right, Alaska. What time's it up there? Maybe three hours away. Tips on how to stop binge eating, emotional eating. Um, so emotional eating, let's talk about that, okay? Because I think at the end of the day, that's what everyone's weight issue kind of comes down to. We live in a society that basically teaches you not how to deal with your emotions <laughs> other than using kind of, you know, consuming products in one more form or another, food being one of the main ones. So for a lot of us, feeling the emotions we want to feel or dealing with the emotions we don't want to feel, food's one of the easiest ways in the world to do that. So again, in my program, the mindset piece, there's a whole section on emotions. And so what I would suggest to you is we flip this whole thing around. Instead of saying, how do I stop emotional eating? I suggest we look at it in a different way. Why are you emotional eating in the first place? It's usually to feel some emotion you want to feel or to not feel some negative emotion you don't want to feel. And using the food is usually one of the best strategies you have. So what are some natural ways? So instead of saying, I want to stop emotional eating, 
I start to say, I want to start feeling the things I want to feel. So let's just say, for example, I come home from work. I'm, I'm working all, all day. I'm tired out. I'm working hard in life and sitting on the sofa, watching TV and eating ice cream is my reward. It's how I relax. It's how I unwind. Okay. So the ice cream is associated with relaxation. Let's say there's other emotions there, but we'll keep it simple. And so what a lot of people do is they say, I got to stop emotional eating. Um, I'm eating ice cream. I need to get rid of it. But what happens is they're getting rid of the ice cream, but they're also getting rid of the emotional fulfillment they're getting, right? They're getting rid of the relaxation too, throwing the baby out with a bathwater. And so two, three days go by and they haven't eaten any ice cream, but and now they're ready to kill someone though. You know what I mean? Because they haven't relaxed, they haven't rewarded themselves. What the hell is the point of this? What's the point of my life? I'm not, it gets very, very emotional and reactive. And it's like, if I'm not doing this, what's the point? So what I would suggest instead is if you can recognize which emotion you're getting out of it. So let's just say in that one, relaxation. The question now becomes, instead of saying, how can I get rid of the emotional eating, which subconsciously means how do I get rid of the positive emotions I'm getting, or how do I avoid feeling negative emotions I don't want to feel? Instead, we recognize what that deeper process is and ask a question, how can I feel more relaxation? Eating ice cream is not really relaxing when I look at the big picture because it's putting extra weight on me and it makes me feel bad in these different ways. And I don't like it. It's not supporting me. So what is a way that I can genuinely relax? So you see what I'm saying? Look, it's a different way to approach it. Um, you know, so that instead of saying, how do I stop emotional eating? It becomes, how can I feel the emotions I want to feel? And now we're talking your subconscious mind's language. You want to feel emotions, you know? Um, we just don't want to do it with food. We want to find genuine, natural ways to feel the emotions you want to feel in your life, right? Um, and in terms of binge eating, the, the number one thing you can do to stop binge eating that I always suggest to people is that you're probably not eating enough, you know? And what that requires is that you slow, you bring some patience into this process. That's, that's the answer a lot of times. Um, Lala says, I'm down 14 pounds in a month and a half with calorie deficit and listening to you. Slow and steady. That's awesome. Lala, that's great. That's great. So good job. Yeah. And calorie deficit, everyone, that, that's just, that's kind of what it comes down to, right? It's the nuts and bolts of it. Um, that was such a good analogy. That's awesome. How to break deal with food addiction. Oof. Yeah. Food addiction, like genuine food addiction. I'm talking crazy, crazy food addiction. Um, again, I, mean, I need some context for that. Cause I, I'm, I'm getting the feeling. And again, I don't, I don't mind talking about it. I'm not, I let me know user zero six number, number numbers. Um, are you dealing with an eating disorder? Let me know. So I have some context here. Um, just for context for all of you, I, I, I never worked with eating disorders my whole life. Um, I feel so intrigued by it because I know a lot of the stuff I do, I always help people overweight, lose weight. And so the core of what I do is neurolinguistic program, which is the science of modeling, you know? So to some degree, I can help anyone with anything, whether I have no experience at all with it. You know what I mean? There, there's certain ways I can, I can't help everything, but I can help most people in most ways. Cause I know that there's, there's fundamentals of humans, no matter what the situation, you know, that I can address it and kind of help people with. So anyways, with the eating disorder stuff, it, it's very intriguing to me and I always want to help, but I don't want to hurt either. And so I'm very sensitive to what I'm saying with all this stuff. So, um, let me know if, if you're dealing with that. Um, 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 shoe, it's so confusing. This guy in here yesterday said, do fasting for insulin resistance. Um, I didn't say that. Oh, is it a guy on TikTok I'm imagining? Someone said. It is confusing though. I I'll give you that. You know, it's very confusing. I feel like I've been on a 30-year journey myself and it, it is confusing. I will say it becomes less and less confusing the longer I'm at it. Um, and this is what I do for a living. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this 20 years, you know, professionally, and I've been into it really hardcore for 30 years. Um, 
it's confusing, but not as confusing as it seems. You know, um, I don't like fasting personally. That's me. So I know I wasn't saying that. Um, I like intermittent fasting in terms of like, I don't like to eat like 12 hours at night. You know what I mean? I'll stop eating six, seven o'clock and I'll eat the next day, seven or eight. Um, that's about as much fasting. I like, I hate fasting. I've played with it. I've done it. Um, I've experimented and for me, I don't like it. It gets me absolutely obsessed with food. And so I don't like that. So I like, like, again, I want to make this as easy as possible for myself. And the easiest way possible for me to master my weight is to, is to make food less important. You know, honestly, I like to think of food as fuel primarily. That's what I work to do. And so as soon as I fast, I just get obsessed with it. And, I, and it, it ruins my relationship with food, if you want to use those words, you know. Um, but yeah, if insulin resistance, I mean, what you want to eat really comes down to fiber. I mean, no one talks about that. It makes me crazy, you know, but fiber is probably the, the if you optimize your diet around more fiber, I feel like you can't go wrong. And it would help you with insulin resistance. Right. Because what's insulin resistance? It's primarily because you're spiking your blood sugar so much. Right. You all know that. And this is a crazy thing, too. I mean, type two diabetes is a literal epidemic right now, but no one really has a context understanding of what's going on a lot of times. Even people that have type two diabetes. So what's going on is that a lot of the foods we're eating have been stripped of their fiber. Fiber doesn't process well. It doesn't freeze well. OK, so they've stripped a lot of fiber out of the foods. And what, what that means practically is that when we're eating like flour, right? Obviously we're eating sugar, um, and, and just foods without much fiber, we absorb them way faster. So, so they go in our stomach and we, they absorb in our bloodstream quickly and the glucose, the blood sugar spikes because it's absorbed so fast. And then what happens is we have, the pancreas has to release insulin to clear the glucose out of the blood into the cells. And so the, your body's not even good at measuring how much insulin to, re to release because this idea of spiking your blood sugar is unfounded it's never happened in history before 100 years ago you couldn't spike your blood sugar do you know what i mean like like think about this because everything you ate was natural you know everything was fiber everything was slower absorbed because it wasn't processed like it is now okay so now all of a sudden we can put these powders these powders and these hyper processed foods in our body and our, and our blood sugar spikes right and then we have to release all this insulin to clear it out and then what happens is we release all this insulin, we overshoot the insulin, it clears all the glucose out. And now guess what? Now your body's starving for energy. <laughs> so now you want to eat. It's the same. It's this horrible process of spikes, crash, spikes, crash. And that's just the physical blood level I'm talking about. But that affects your energy, your moods, your hunger, everything in your life. You know, so let me make it real simple. The more fiber you add into your diet, the more you build around fiber, you slow that down. I just made a video on this. So the fiber, first off, when, when you eat like a vegetable, the calories are binded to the fiber. And so the first thing is that it takes slower for those calories to be absorbed into your body because the fiber slows the absorption process down. So there's not this spike of glucose anymore. It's this slow release. Okay. And that's where your body's at. That and your body can handle it. Um, the other thing is that the fiber is bound to the calories. So a lot of times the calories just stay binded and it passes right through you without ever absorbing them. Okay. So there's another way where you can eat more and absorb less. That's a great strategy to lower your weight. And then the third thing is that the fiber in your body, it, it's not a, digested. It's not absorbed. It stays in your intestines and it makes you feel fuller, more satisfied. So fiber to me, and I only found this out seven, eight years ago, and it was an absolute game changer. The biggest thing I've done, and I switched from being a meat eater to vegetarian, I think adding, kicking up the fiber six, seven years ago was the biggest thing I've done, the biggest shift. Like definitely the biggest thing in terms of my hunger. 
it, it made everything so much easier. Um, my comfort eating replacement, I redecorated my living area to how I always wanted it. Malala. Woo. That's what I'm talking about, folks. That is what I'm talking about. If you can, I know it just sounds strange because it sounds like it's out of left field, but think about what we're saying here. Emotional eating. People say, I want to stop emotional eating. No, you want to stop eating to feel those emotions. You want to find a better way to satisfy your emotions. I use a term called emotional malnutrition or emotional malnourishment. And it's like, we've gotten so used to using food to deal with our emotions, but it's not really dealing with our emotions. Again, like if you're using food to relax, you think it's relaxing. It's like the cigarettes, right? Person, oh, I, I smoke so I can relax. Is it really relaxing? You know what I mean? Like maybe in that moment you think it is for a second when you zoom out and you think all the stress you feel because of the cigarettes or all the stress you feel because of the weight, you know, and, and all that. Is it really relaxing? No. So when you find better ways to relax yourself and fulfill yourself emotionally, not only do you eat less food and lose weight, but it genuinely starts to make you feel emotional fulfillment. It's a game changer. Someone said, I'll ruin my diet when I have a bad. Oh, where was it? I'll ruin my diet when I have a bad mood. Yeah, sure. Of course. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Let me just share that with you. Cause that's again, you know, I, I live in this crazy world where it's like, I look at like, I'm no rocket scientist. You know what I mean? I'm a guy who just has to figure this stuff out on his own. And I feel like I, I fit in, I fill in a unique void in the weight loss world. The idea that like, Every diet out there and every person helping you lose weight is just telling you what to do. Think about this, right? Everyone's just out there, just do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Oh, great. How do I get myself to do it consistently? That's the part that makes me insane. <laughs> it's like this idea that you just need to be told what to do. It's such bullshit that you, and you're locked in this. You think, you think you're just like one plan away, one realization away from everything changing. And I can't tell you how wrong that is. You know, um, your information does not equal behavior. You know everything there is about how to write. You can write with your hand, right? Right? <laughs> so you know everything there is to write letters and write with your hand. So why can't you do it with the other hand then? Think about that, right? <laughs> you have to understand information and behavior are two different things. How would you write with the other hand? You need a book on oh, how to write with my left hand? No. You just need to practice it. You need to reinforce it. But when it comes to weight loss, you don't think about that way at all. You say, oh, I just, need, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't do it because you don't know how to get yourself to do it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it, oh, I know what to do. I just could get myself to do it. Yeah, that's the problem. You don't know how to get yourself to do it. <laughs> you know, and it's like, if you keep yourself in that loop, you're going to be, you're, the rest of your life, you'll never, you'll never change it. Like, and I don't want this to come out as like condescending or passive aggressive. It's just, you have to recognize the problem is, and the problem is you do not know how to influence your behavior in a consistent way. Right. Because if you were a robot, if you could just type in what you'd eat all day and then you would just eat it, you wouldn't have a problem eating food. You wouldn't have a problem losing weight. The problem is, you know what you should eat. And then when it comes time to do it, what happens? Some part of you compels you to do the wrong thing. Yeah. And sometimes it's your mood. Sometimes it's just your habits. But it's all your subconscious programming is driving all of that. Yeah. So I know I get it. Everyone ruins their diet with a bad mood. Absolutely. Now, here's where I come in different. Right. So my program. First thing you learn is the program yourself in technique. It's a combination of two techniques, redo technique, rehearsal technique, because you're never going to believe this. But I think what's going to change your weight more than anything is looking at the mistakes you make and learning from them, looking at what mistakes you make and why it happened and growing and learning and evolving from it, coming up with better strategies. Holy shit. Imagine that's completely like unheard of when it comes to weight loss, because you just want to be given the plan and what you're just going to follow it perfectly. Right. And then if you make a mistake, hmm, 
you know why? I always, I just made another video of this one. You approach weight loss as if it were a sprint. You think of it as a temporary short-term thing. And just like a sprint, if you trip while you're running a sprint, you've lost the race, right? You have to be what? Perfect in order to win that race. But your weight loss is much more like a marathon. And so in a marathon, if you trip a little bit, you can still recover and win, right? But you subconsciously think about weight loss like it's a sprint. And so any mistake you make, you don't learn from it. It just throws you off course. You know, you've got to learn how to learn from it. You've got to recognize that you're going to make lots of mistakes and it's not a problem. You know, if you've ever played a musical instrument, it's like you don't just, the teacher doesn't just show you something, you just do it. This teacher shows you something, you try it and you screw up and you don't do it right. And then you just keep practicing. Well, weight loss is the same way. You know, so you're not alone with that. Yeah, all of our moods kick us off track. That's it's normal. Um, oh, I don't know why. So, yeah, so okay. Um, we try to eat 50% steamed vegetables for lunch and dinner. They're filling. Being hungry is no go here. Yeah, exactly. Me either. If I'm if I start getting hungry, forget about it. You know, like I'm not hungry all day long. I'm managing my hunger. You see, I'm not just gonna. You think that you'll you you think no matter what your moods are, no matter what your hunger is, no matter what your cravings are, you're just going to fight against them and say, no, that's how you're going to lose weight. I think that's crazy. That's crazy. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm strategically managing my hunger, my cravings and my moods, my energy levels and all this stuff, my behaviors. I'm managing it. I'm strategically managing it so that I'm not hungry. So that my cravings are healthy so that my moods are balanced. So my energy's high. You know what I mean? And so it's a much more strategic approach and it's a strategy that I created through trial and error through making mistakes and always optimizing and learning from them. You know, it's a lifelong process for me, you know, and, and that allows me to do it. Yeah. Steam vegetables for lunch. That's brilliant. You know? Yeah. That fills you up. This helps a lot. I also saw fasting to reduce insulin resistance. Um, I mean, I wouldn't do that. Like I don't, how, see, this is the thing, right? It's like, if you fast to reduce insulin resistance, for how long? I mean, how long are you going to fast for? Intermittent fasting, maybe. Okay, so if you're talking about intermittent fasting, like, I think that's a good one. I think taking a break every day for many hours of not eating is super. I, I think that's a great strategy. I think trying to fast four or five days, I don't think it's going to reset shit. I think that idea of resetting is, I just never seen that scientifically really play out, you know? And so I don't believe in this reset thing. So what I'd rather do is I don't, because it takes so much energy to fast long-term, if that's what you're talking about. A three, four, five-day fast is so intense. For me, it was anyways. Maybe you're easy with it. But I had such a difficult time um, doing it. It was hard. I was tired. I was grumpy. Um, I got obsessed with food. It was really hard. And so I don't do that anymore because I don't want to do anything that's short-term. I only want things that are, are going to support me long-term. And so I don't want to I don't want to fast so I can lower my insulin or improve my insulin resistance for a couple of days. I want to figure out ways of living and eating that are going to manage my insulin resistance forever. I hope that makes sense. Once I eat one bad food, I go off the rails for weeks. Yeah, exactly. That's because you're always dieting. Probably that's look this up, by the way, it's called the what the hell effect. And it's, um, it's unique to dieters. Okay. But look it up, everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like one thing I'll say to you, and I know you like, I feel like I'm just kind of like an old, old man on the porch yelling right now, but I gotta calm down. But um, it's the diets. I, I gotta say, it's, you all know about it. I'm about to say probably um, the way you think about weight loss is corrupted. Okay, it's been put there by diets, and diets aren't trying to help you lose weight. All the big diets you know of are all owned by the big food companies, right? Did you know Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz? Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Uh, Slim Fast was owned by the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Um, Atkins Food Products was owned by is owned by Onions Pretzels and Cinnabon. 
I never know. They, they change. So, you know, they may not be owned by them anymore. But, um, but what I'm trying to tell you is that the dieting approach doesn't work, right? It's an inadequate approach. It's a tactic. Usually it's just inadequate. And so what ends up happening, I think, is that that way of dieting and thinking about it, it's a well-known, again, what the hell effect is. As soon as a dieter makes one mistake, they're totally off the rails for a long period of time, you know? And so in my program, I always say the number one most important skill of weight mastery is the ability to get back on track fast. You know, that's the most important thing. You, you think your success depends on how perfect you can be and how long you be perfect. And I say that's completely wrong. It's way more about you're never going to be perfect. Certainly like with a long time frame, never, you know? And so you have to be good and you have to get practiced to get, you know, get back on track fast when you make mistakes. You know, that's going to be much better for you. Um, hello, sir. I get two periods a month, one light, one heavy. <laughs> I'm really worried. I wandering girl. Instead of a mistake, maybe it can be a reward so you can keep on eating healthy. That's a good one, Malala. I like that. I don't want to go to the doctor. Damn, Malala Pro. <laughs> right? Malala Pro. You ever come to Pro, Malala? I like that. That's a good one. That's a great one. What good ways of relaxation do you recommend? The gym doesn't relieve stress for me, unfortunately. Yeah, me either. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to assume your name's Rosie. Yeah, so... And my program, again, the lifestyle piece is so crucial. And I really live my life around this because I'm a, a, I think by nature, a tense person. Um, certainly, I, I feel like I have to intentionally work on my emotions and my nervous system because I feel like I got to tweak up nervous system. And so relaxation is a core fundamental part of my weight mastery strategy. So there's a lot of ways to relax. Um, hypnosis is good for this because hypnosis is an inward focus of attention it's a very similar mind state and physiological state to meditation. You know, I meditate a lot. That's really good. Um, so, so some people always want to exercise and burn that extra energy off. Um, I have found personally, I prefer turning inwards and quieting everything down and recognizing where the stress is coming from. And a lot of the stress is how you're using your brain, you know, and a lot of the stress is what your body's doing, you know? So as you practice relaxing the muscles, relax your shoulders, relax your face, your chest, your stomach. Let yourself breathe more deeply. That begins to relieve some stress, probably, right? And um, if you can do this intentionally a couple times a day, you know, or once or twice a day, it can be useful. But this is the main thing. Yeah. So what, what do you do? I don't know. Like in my program, again, there's eight weeks, like every day you get a five minute session in the morning and at night there's a 10 minute session to help you go to sleep, you know? And it's like, I don't know. People just love them. I'm not telling you, you don't have to get my program, but it's, um, that, that's what I would suggest to you. I mean, again, people in my program are committed. I mean, they're really serious about it, but if you're really serious about actually becoming more relaxed, I think you would have to like, it's like brushing your teeth, right? If you say, well, tell me how to keep my teeth clean. Well, you got to brush them a couple times a day. Wow, new, new habit twice a day. I got to do it. Well, if you're serious, you know, but if you're serious, yeah, I would commit to like start your day off relaxed because you can anchor yourself to that feeling of relaxation, train it into your body and mind. And then at night, you know, let the day go practice feeling that relaxation. It only takes a minute, a minute in the morning, a minute at, at night is absolutely profoundly game changing. So it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but that's what I'd suggest. I felt at my happiest when I lost five kilograms, but I gained it all back. Yeah. Well, remember that then and then re-strategize how you can, you know, drop the five kilograms back again um, in a better way, in a more comfortable way. 
or what happened? You know, when I gained it back, what, what was going on there again? You know, it's like, that's it was on my prior sound of the redo technique. It's the core techniques. It's the literal first thing you learn is the redo technique, right? Because usually when people make a mistake, they tend to either just ignore it, go into denial, or they beat themselves up with it. And neither one of those things helps you ever learn from it or change it. And so the ability to learn from the mistakes you make is probably the most important skill that you could learn, you know, because I, I, what I just say, the other skill is getting back on track quickly. How do you think you learn to get back on track quickly? <laughs> it's doing this redo technique. It's like, what, what happened there? Right. Someone said earlier, oh, my emotions, I get in a bad mood. Great. At least you know that now. Now, if you don't know something's broke, you can't fix it. And that's where everyone's at with their weight loss. They got no granular understanding of the deeper impacts that are influencing their behaviors that cause them to be at the weight they're at. Right. So you're just eating. You have no idea why you eat the way you eat. Right. Because how much more could you want to lose weight than you want to lose weight? I know you want to lose weight. I know you want to lose weight for decades. You couldn't want to lose weight any more than you do. Right. So how come? When it comes time to try and eat in a way that's going to help you lose weight, you can't do it. There's some other party that compels you to do the wrong thing, right? And you have no granular understanding of what it is and what's going on under there. So you can't fix it. And that's where you're at, you know? Um, at what point should I contact a mental health specialist? Like, how should I know about weight loss? Uh, I don't know what your situation is. Um, at what point should I contact a mental health specialist? To what? To lose weight? Are, are, give me a little more detail on your situation. I might be able to answer that. I've been struggling. I've been struggling with my weight my whole life. I'm so tired of it. Yeah, I get that. And I think that's an important reason why you want to. I think that's another reason why it's important to reframe this process because you have so much. I, I just have to be on this. It's a phrase I never heard before. It might be out there, but it's almost like diet trauma. You get so much trauma around like dieting and weight loss and the way you think about it that it's helpful to kind of reframe it. And the reframe I like is that you take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. You make this a process of becoming the best version of you. You know, So I always think my, my program is like an inside-out approach to weight loss. Really, it's an inside-out approach to weight mastery, a different thing. But it's inside-out, you know, and it's dealing with the way that you're thinking about weight, the way you're approaching it. You don't realize it, but you're, you're stuck in a mental prison. The way you think about it, it's always the same. And so the, the best way out of that is to, kind of go meta, take a step back and say, what are some other ways I can approach this? And in a weird way, the best thing you can do is to focus on, if you focus on like, I want to be the best version of me, like you start with what's most important to you already in your life. That's probably like relationships, right? Maybe you got a kid, maybe you got a partner, maybe you got family, friends, whatever, whatever's the most important thing in your life. Maybe you love working, whatever it is, you want to start asking, how can I become the best version of myself in this context, this situation? And a lot of those answers, I could have more energy. I could feel better about myself. I could be healthier. I could be happier. A lot of those things and making them happen are simultaneously going to be things that support you and help you with your weight loss. Okay. That's a much better way to go about it than trying to make the weight loss the number one thing. Because your body doesn't even want to lose weight. How about this? You don't have a brain structure in your head to make you want to lose weight. It's a shitty goal. It's, it's just, you have to understand your mind and then you have to strategize around it. We have these things called cognitive biases that are hardwired into all of us. And you have to recognize what they are and strategize around them. You know, think about it. You've evolved in a brain and a body over millions of years that's been evolved in a food scarce environment. This is why you're struggling with food because you eat a cookie. Why does a cookie taste better than a carrot? Don't say because it tastes better. <laughs> it's not because it tastes better. Okay. It's because the cookie has more calories in it. 
and your brain knows this. And so as soon as your body senses that you're eating something with a lot of calories and it's calorie dense, what happens? Your brain releases dopamine and you just say, oh, that's what feels good. You know, when something feels good, that's dopamine. And so you eat the cookie, it's dopamine releasing simply because there's a lot of calories in it. It's a calorie dense food. And the carrot doesn't do that because it's not a calorie dense food. And so the reason that happens is because if you bring us back 5,000 years, if all of a sudden you come across a lot of food that has a lot of calories, your brain wants you to eat as much as possible because it's going to increase your chances of survival. So that's what you're dealing with you know, physiologically and psychologically. That's what you have. And so we have to learn other ways to kind of recognize that and strategize because the idea of just wanting to lose weight is a, it's just an impotent goal. It's not enough for most people. You know, so you have to find another way to kind of think about this. I'll tell you the secret way. And I don't know if this will make sense. You have to find a way to lose weight where weight loss is secondary, where the primary focus is something like personal development. Like I want to be the best person I can self-realization, self-actualization. I want to be the best version of myself possible. And that's the goal. And a natural side effect of that is that your weight is managed. Does that make sense? Because it's a way it's very important. Hi, nothing sticks for me. Everything I try, I fail. How do I start and stay consistent? Um, I would say I would start by articulating a better goal, perhaps. Nothing sticks for me. Yeah, I mean, what's the goal? I'd start with the goal for a second. That's your fault, LOL. How do you get on the program? Um, if you want to find out about my program, um, and even if you don't, I would suggest you everyone on here do something. It'll support you. So <laughs> my quick spiel, I'll make it quick. Um, my goal in life, my mission is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. Okay. And, and by goal weight, I mean the weight that makes you the happiest, the healthiest, and gives you the best quality of life. Right. That's my goal here. My dad died of a heart attack at 54. And so this whole process to me is life and death. Right. I want you to look good too. Sure. Okay. But I primarily, I want you to live long. I want you to live a long life. And I want you to live a long, a happy life. Okay. That being said, I kind of have a Robin Hood model. Right. So it's like, I do have a program, coaching program, where people that are really serious want to make an investment themselves. We can do that. Um, but everything else, I just give away for free. That's why I do these live streams all the time, TikToks all the time, podcasts, which is program yourself then. And here's the cool part. You can go to my bio, click on that link and go get a free hypnosis session. Okay. And um, so you can get a free hypnosis session. As soon as you, you sign in for it, it takes about 10 minutes or so to send it to you. In the meantime, I'll put a free training up for you. Three steps to master your weight. Watch it. Okay. Watch that training. It's about a half hour. That'll give you an understanding of everything I'm talking about. Cause to hear I'm kind of bing bonging all over the place. Um, if you watch that half hour training, you know, then I talk about my program, you know, and then you can see if you're interested in it. Um, but on top of that, once you opt in, I email you every day, I'll send you like kind of positive, encouraging, motivating stuff, new things, kind of new ways to think about things that'll help you out along this journey as well. So I'm, I'm here for you. Okay. Whether you invest in my program or not, I want to help you. All right. So, but that's the first step is to go watch that training, go sign up for the, the session and then go um, watch the training. And then if you, if you are interested in the program and you can see it, um, Zodiac sign, what do you think I am? What do I come across as? I'll tell you though. Can you tell though? I'm going to give you a second to see if you can find out. I'm in a constant binge cycle and I don't know if it's normal. I feel like I have an addiction to food. Um, Mooney Moon, Mounty Moon. I like that. That's that's fun to say. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Mounty Moon, tell me, because I I needed to know this in context. Do you struggle with an eating disorder, like any anorexia or stuff like that? Constant binge cycle. I don't know if it's normal. I need to have some context with that one. All right. 
Um, Cookie says, I've been doing, I've been losing 5.6 kilos in two weeks now, and I'm terrified I'll gain them back. Yeah, that terrified, right? It's like, I, I know that's such a bummer. People are so superstitious with their weight loss because they have no sense. Again, there's no granular understanding of what's leading to all of it, you know? And so it's like your motivation just spontaneously hits you, and then you're worried it's spontaneously going to leave because you have no understanding of a process of how to keep yourself motivated you know and so even when you start losing weight you're terrified think about that everyone and i appreciate you saying that because it, it's good that you articulate it because now you can go to work on it um but yeah that's a common thing you know that's really common where people feel that but it's because they have no sense of what they're doing you're just trying to force yourself to do something you just and then when it starts working you get really superstitious and scared it's going to end i don't know i mean how do you fix that i don't i mean i deal with that all the time with people on program but there's a, there's a core understanding so you don't have to feel that way, you know, when you're doing it on your own. Um, I would say this, you know, model yourself. Okay. So how did you drop five, six kilos? What did you do? How are you thinking about things? What inspired you the first time? What did you do to make it happen? Was it difficult? Right. So if you're starving yourself to lose it for two weeks, then yeah, I'd be nervous too. If you were doing it in a way that felt sustainable and comfortable, then you wouldn't be nervous. So I'm not saying that in a flippant way. You know what I mean? It's like most people approach their weight loss. Like I said, you're looking for the hard thing. You want the most difficult thing because you want the fastest results. But that that whole path is littered with these emotions of feeling absolutely terrified because you know deep down you're not going to be able to keep it up. Do you see what I mean? It's like you're, and you're trapped in that way of thinking. That's why I do these lives all the time, just to kind of wake you up a little bit that there's other ways to approach this. You know, But some people are so locked into this idea Again, that spontaneous motivation comes up and I got to do this. They pick some extreme plan that they can't maintain and they know deep down they're not going to be able to maintain it. And it creates all those feelings that, of feeling terrified, you know, of being really worried the entire time they're not going to be able to keep it up. But it's because they know they're not going to be able to keep it up, you know. So the solution to that is to, from the very beginning, find ways that resonate with you that, that are, you know, it's like flow states, right? If you ever look at like flow state, a flow state is when we go like, this is our norm and we go like 10% beyond it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I learned this a lot in yoga because when you're doing yoga, like for example, so I'm doing like a forward stretch. It's like, there's a point where it's easy here. And if I go here, it's too hard. So I look for that sweet spot and I, I play around with that sweet spot. Like where it's like, it's starting to get a little hard and it hurts a little bit. And this is too easy and this is too hard. And I play right there. And while I'm in there, I, I relax more and whatever. And I, I get comfortable in that spot. So that's how I approached my weight mastery the whole time. I didn't just people with diets overcorrect, right? So the average American consumes 2,700 calories a day. The average diet's telling you 1,200, 1,500 calories a day. That's a 50 to 65% reduction day one. And you're supposed to maintain that, that exact reduction for what until you reach your goal weight. It's, it's retarded. It, it's, it's, it's goofy though. It's just, it's absolutely goofy um, approach, you know? And then you wonder, Oh, I don't know why I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm not gonna be able to keep it up. Yeah, because it's it's not a sustainable process. You, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not right from the, the get go. It's just not sustainable. So how many more times can you keep doing unsustainable things and then be worried that it's not gonna you're not gonna be able to maintain it? Does that make sense? Because <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. it tastes better for real. Glad to see I'm not alone. I also eat out of boredom. Yeah, for sure, right? For sure. Is feeling confident is is feeling more confident an okay goal? I think so. I have a whole program called Instant Confidence. I, I think 
I think being able to feel confident, I, I, so, okay. So as a hypnotist, the, the biggest advantage I have as a hypnotist, I think is that I know I don't need to lose the weight to feel confident. I know I can feel confident now and I can use that feeling of confidence to help me lose the weight. I'm, I'm working completely ass backwards from everyone else, you know, and, and I find it to be very valuable. So yeah, I think feeling more confident is great. Whatever emotion you want to feel. I remember I spent, I spent like a year one time and it was um, every week I would work on a different emotion I wanted to feel. Okay. And so how do you feel an emotion you want? It's simple. You go back to a time in your life because I say, what's more confident? Well, when if the, in a time, <laughs> someone said Libra, yep, I am a Libra. Um, it's funny. I, I kind of knew you get, I don't know people kind of get that. And I don't even know if I believe in a lot of that stuff, but I will say the Libra like characteristics. I do have a lot of those. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's good to feel whatever emotion you want to feel and you can feel them all right now. And the easiest way to do is let's just say you want to feel confident. So you say, okay, when's a time in my life I felt confident? Not, not the year I felt confident, a specific moment in time. When's a time when I felt confident? And you remember that scenario and you go back into it. It's best to do it with your eyes closed. You remember what you remember seeing, right? So where were you in that memory? What, are you, what were you seeing? Were you inside? Were you outside? Was it day? Was it night? Were you alone? Other people? Visually, what do you remember about it? Next is auditory. What do you remember hearing? Okay. Was there music? Was it silent? Were there people talking? What was going on in that, that memory of yours? Okay. And there were any smells or tastes. And then what did it feel like? What did it feel like to be confident? How'd you breathe? How'd you hold yourself? Um, how'd you speak? How'd you, you know, all the physiology you had, then bring all those feelings into your body now and then cycle through that process one more time. And so the beauty of hypnosis is you're using your imagination. So I can't tell you how freeing it is to have the freedom to be able to say, I want to feel confident. I'm going to feel confident. How would I feel confident if I wanted to, you know, people so like, oh, you can't feel confident. You don't feel confident. Mm, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You may not allow yourself to, right? But you can. And so that, that's my favorite thing about being a hypnotist is I, I have so much more freedom to feel the things I want to feel right now. Whereas a lot of people say, well, no, when you lose the weight, then you can feel confident. That's fine. That's what you think. Cool. <laughs> I don't agree. And I think it's a lot better to feel all the things you want to feel now. Because I think people, again, this is where right across the board, I think um, people that are struggling to lose weight and people that are struggling to be too, too thin, I think it's this idea they, they don't feel the things they want to feel and they keep holding off for this arbitrary goal that they think that's what's going to make them feel it. If I just get a little bit lower, then I'll feel it, right? If I just get down that way, then I'll feel it. Not necessarily. People lose weight all the time and then put it back on. So if just being a certain weight meant you felt a certain way, then that wouldn't happen. But that's not true. You know what I mean? So you have to learn how to influence your feelings regardless of what the physical situation is and then use those feelings and emotions to propel you and, and drive you towards your goal. Hypnosis has zero effect on me. Not true. Now, maybe someone else hypnotizing you not, but we're all hypnotized constantly. The main form of hypnosis in our culture is television. Every single food ad is a hypnosis session and they're all influencing you. Libra. That was such a good call. Aquarius. <laughs> nice track answer. All right. Libra got a farm girl. Got it. Yep. Have you seen the movie? The whale? I haven't seen it yet. Is it good? I'm going to watch that tonight. I think. As soon as I see progress, I get hungry. Yeah, sure. I'll tell you one of the reasons why people struggle with that. So again, most people's motivation is based on a spontaneous pain-based event. You step on the scale, see a picture of yourself, go to the doctor. Someone says something to you. Something makes you feel really shitty about your weight. That's usually where most people start. And so then they use that pain and they turn it into motivation. They say, that's, I got to do something. And then they start doing something and some people actually start getting results. And as soon as they start getting results, guess what? The pain starts going down a little bit, but uh-oh, their motivation was based on the pain. So their motivation goes down too. So again, in my program, the very first thing we do is the motivation. I take you through a motivation matrix 
Level one is how to use pain and pleasure strategically. And level two is intrinsic, extrinsic. But you, I always say like pain's good for making a decision, but pleasure is good for carrying it out. Your brain's a pleasure seeking mechanism. So if you think you're going to bust your chops the whole way to get to your goal weight, you're not because your brain's like, this sucks. You know, and that's what it feels like, doesn't it? <laughs> I lost 10 pounds, but I'm ready to kill someone. This sucks. My quality of life is horrible. What's that mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's what you're almost anticipating and expecting. And then you're thinking, oh, well, I lost weight. Great. But I'm absolutely miserable. How long am I able to keep this up? Right. And then, so it's like right from the beginning, you're, you're incongruent. You're not set up for success, you know? So it's like when you start building this on the success and the pleasure of not just being thin, the thin for me is a far second place. What is really, what I love is I love my routines and I love the feeling I get out of them. I love like literally my water. This is my banky. Okay. And I hated water and it was hard. I didn't hate water, but it was very, this was a very difficult habit to install in my, my life. It took me a couple years to drink one, two of these every day, every day. You know, I started at zero and now I'm up to like, I'll drink one or two of these a day. And, um, it was, but why do I do it? Do I feel better? I, I do feel better. Like physically, I know I do, but I've just habituated to it now. So I can't really use the feeling better at this point. It just feels normal. Okay. But what does make me feel better is every time I drink this water, I'm like, look at you, Jim, you really did it. This was this, you really worked at this and you made it happen. Look at you. Because I remember a time when I couldn't do, it, it was always a struggle. And like, I remember one time I was like, on the weekends, because I set my life up, my eating is like a five-two schedule. So I have five days like clean eating, and that's the intention. Two days is pleasure eating, and so I've been doing this for a while in in different contexts. And so one was even like with this, I said, okay, it's the weekend. I'm not gonna worry about water, so I wouldn't drink any water on the weekend, right? So I need a break. I need a break. I don't think about it. Eventually, I get to the point. I, say, I feel like shit when I don't drink the water. I don't feel good, so I want to drink it. But the most benefit I get out of drinking the water is the fact that I do it if that makes sense. Like I'm proud of myself. It's like self-image wise. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I like being a type of person who drinks this water every day. I like having this as a habit and a routine. It makes me feel good as a person, you see? And so my whole, all my weight loss is really a secondary effect because I love doing the things that keep me at my weight. Like I, I love meditating every day. I love doing yoga. I love drinking my water. I love getting a lot of sleep. I love nourishing my body with like a lot of nutrients. Um, I love walking and moving and whatever it may be. And, and so I love these things. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, even if I, even if all of a sudden my white weight went up, I would still love doing these things. Do you see like it's the, the focus is different, but it, but it's also, it is related to the weight, but it's not the primary focus. This is very important, you know, cause it works with your brain, you know, signed up. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Go check that, that session out. I love it. And I got, I'll tell you this, uh, there's a little secret they're coming, but, like little Easter eggs kind of planted throughout um, that I'm working on. They're so cool. So it's like, I live by the, the phrase and I really try and instill this. In my clients is that action is rewarded. You really have to embed this deep in your mind because weight, weight loss is funny like that. I mean, you don't just lose weight and then decide you're going to do it. Usually you usually have to take a lot of action first and then the weight loss starts happening. So you really got to get yourself in the mindset of like action is rewarded. Even if you don't see it right away, even if you don't feel it right away, you've got to really believe that mantra actions rewarded you know? And, and that's how I, uh, set my program. Uh, it's pronounced Mooney moon. Oh, that's even better. Mooney moon. That's the coolest name ever. Uh, that's definitely the coolest one. Mooney moon. That's a, is that your name or something? That's like, that's cool. It's just so fun to, I'll be saying that all night. 
Yeah. Okay. So you said, yeah, Malala just said, I love the emails. They're great. They're really good. I'm telling you, go sign up. <laughs> I've pat myself on the back. I think those emails are great. I, I read them. I love them. I think they're so good. Um, and they'll help you again. Cause what you need is not like, there's not one piece of information that's going to change everything for you. Unfortunately, what you need is you need a consistent reinforcement. You need a, it's like, if you want to learn a language that probably the best way to explain this, it's like for you to, you don't want to lose weight. You want to live as a thin person. Okay. Very important. Your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. If I tell you not to think about a banana, you think about a banana. So all of, I want to lose weight. It's all based around you being overweight, being an overeater, wanting to change what you currently are. So I always say, instead of saying, I want to lose X amount of pounds, say you want to be X amount of pounds because it puts a clear image in your mind. All right. And so um, the emails do that. So it's like, this process is more like you're learning to speak a language. You're learning to speak the language of being thin and healthy and happy. And just like if you're going to learn a language, you can't just read a book about another language. You can't just read a dictionary and know it. It's just consistent reinforcement. So I literally, I say every day, I send you these emails. You know, I used to, people used to charge, I used to charge people for these. Right now, I just give them all away. I told you, I've changed it all up. Um, on a raw food diet, have fun. I tell myself my protein drink is a milkshake. Yeah, good luck. I, I need, hey, listen, this is coming from, I, I did the raw food thing for a while and um, I learned a lot from it. And the main thing I learned is that I didn't want to be a raw foodist. Uh, so I don't know. It was so hard. I've never been more obsessed with food than I, when I was a raw foodist. And, um, you know, but I will say it was very interesting is uh, I really found myself in a weird place because I really bought into the idea of raw foodism, like the concepts. And I was like, that's healthy. That That's the ultimate health. And then there was the reality of my living it, which was just, it didn't feel... I physically, I felt okay. I'm not going to lie. Like I felt, I felt super light in the beginning and, um, I physically, I felt okay. So I wouldn't say that was the problem mentally and emotionally. I was a wreck on that. I was so obsessed with food all the time. All I thought about was food and just always fantasize about scenarios around it. It was, it was, that was unhealthy for me, you know? So I just suggest to you that that, then so what I learned so much from there is that when you, when you set a goal weight for yourself, it can't just be the external number on a scale. It can't just be like this theoretical, like, oh, that's what the goal, that, that's what the best thing is. You have got to take into account the lifestyle you lead, how you feel day to day doing it, you know? And I think this is the most important point where I always like people to start at is like, how do you choose the right goal weight? Because if you're just picking a number on a scale, there's not enough meaning to it, you know? So I think you want to give your goal weight much more meaning. You know, my, my goal weight now, it's really about me being the happiest, healthiest person I can be so I can live the longest with doing the things I think are going to help me live the longest, be the happiest and um, be the most successful in what I want to do, you know, so there's way more context to it. But that raw food diet, yeah, good luck with it. But um, that's what was my experience. You actually have the best and most unique advices on losing weight that actually work. Hey, thank you. I believe that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm conceited, but I, I look out in the world and I'm like, it drives me crazy. Cause I know I'm not the smartest guy. Like I, I know this. Um, I don't know why I'm the only one that talks about this. I feel like I'm the only person out there talking about how to get yourself to actually it's like, and this is NLP, this is neurolinguistic programming stuff. But they always say like, when it comes to personal development, self-help stuff, people just like tell you what to do, but it's like, that's the easy part. The hard part that no one ever talks about is how do you get yourself to do it? How do you take what you know you're supposed to do and want to do? and actually get yourself to do it. And that's where I've really been focused on. And so a lot of the, the techniques and the ideas and the process I come up with are all based on that. And they're based on practical, real stuff. You know, I'm obsessed. Like I'll, I'll read 50 books a year, psychology, nutrition, health, all these things. Um, but 
the real education is from my coaching. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. So it's just, it's working with people week after week, all these different people. And what actually works, you know, it's enough. Oh, it makes me so insane. I'll tell you, I'll give you one more example. I remember a couple, this is more than a couple of years ago now, but years ago, I did a, a series where I, I interviewed the best um, online fitness trainers, nutritionists in the world, right? I got like literally 30 of them, the best ones, all had books, programs out there. And I interviewed them all. And I remember one of them, Craig Ballantyne, um, he was the creator of Turbulence Trainer. And I said, what do you do when you get a client and they're not motivated? And he goes, what, do you, what are you talking about? I said, well, when you, get a, when you get a client that wants to work with you and you're going to train and they're not motivated, what do you do? And he goes, I, what are you saying? What are you talking about? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? And he goes, when they come to me, they are motivated. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, that's, that's the job I should have got because <laughs> like, I'm sitting here working with, how do I motivate people? How do I get people motivated? How do I get them to stick with it? You know, when all of a sudden they feel like crap, how do I turn them around? And I was like, is no one doing this? <laughs> right. So if you're a fitness trainer, you just work with people that are motivated. When you're a nutritionist, dietitian, you're just working with people that are motivated. I'm like, huh, who's filling this role? Cause this is the biggest problem we got. You know, you know enough of what you should and shouldn't do to lose weight. Technically, logically, you can't get yourself to do it. That's the problem. So anyways, I appreciate you saying that. Um, you look like a Libra. I'm a Libra. <laughs> I look like a Libra. That's <laughs> funny. Are these lives recorded? Yes. Um, you can listen to them. They're, they're put up on my podcast, uh, which is Program Yourself Then. And those are on all the platforms. And uh, I put them up on YouTube. So YouTube, I got a bunch of stuff. Uh, and more stuff coming. I, like I said, I cannot wait. Keep an eye out for this. I'm doing, I have two lined up. You never know what, what, until they happen, but I've got two coaching calls lined up where I'm going to record them and you'll see me actually get to work with a person in real time. I think you're going to find it very, very compelling because um, it, it's just, it's unique. You know, that's all I can say. And it's practical. I think you're, you're never getting the real, the real things holding you back from living at your goal weight are never talked about. You know what I mean? And I do feel like I'm one of the few, I, I know there's gotta be other people out there. Um, but, but there's, there's, like Susan Pierce Thompson and Bright Lines, you know, I think she's she's brilliant talking about the mind and stuff. You know, we have different strategies, though. And of course, I think my strategy, you know, in some ways, I like what it does. You know what I mean? But but I think she's great. But I don't see a lot of people out there talking about the the nuts and bolts of mindset and practical strategies to get yourself to be able to live it that way. You know, um, oh, are these lives recorded? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Are they like, is this a video? No, these are not videos. These are lives. You know, I thought you meant, can you watch them again? Which you can. How can I stop reaching for food for emotional support? Yeah, again, I, I think it comes back to what emotion are you reaching for when you because and it's different sometimes, but start to notice if you're emotional eating, if you're reaching for food for emotional support, drill into that. What emotional support am I looking for? And you say, well, I don't know, my, my relationships, my, I don't know, my partner and I are, are at each other's necks and I feel like I have no support. And so I'm eating to overcome that. OK, well, that's not fixing it. That's just covering it up. And so he said, well, what, what, what would help this situation genuinely, right? That's the process. Now, it's not as easy of a solution as eating stuff in your mouthful and taking your mind off it, but it's a much more genuine, practical solution. And once you have it, then the food thing kind of resolves itself to some degree, all right? Um, uh, my name is, oh, my. Oh, Mooney Ra, okay, Mooney Ra. Oh, Mooney Ra, okay, that's a cool name. Mooney Ra, huh? What's that all about? What's, what's that nationality? That's cool. I find I only go off track when I feel bad and I go and eat so much to feel good. That's my problem. Yeah, exactly. So if that's your problem, this one, here's another one, folks, please. Here, here's the alternative to the dieting, right? Because the dieting mind says you're just going to fix everything tomorrow. 
right? You wake up tomorrow in perfect land and you're going to stay in perfect land until you get to your goal weight, right? It's such bullshit. You're going to wake up tomorrow in the same land you always live in. <laughs> bullshit land. You know, just dealing with all the bullshit in your life. And so I would suggest a much better strategy to lose weight is to just start where you're at and pick the big thing, right? Pick like, what's your worst eating habit? This is what I tell my clients. I'm literally, <laughs> I'm telling you everything I tell my clients that pay me a lot of money to work with me, you know? And I'm just telling it to you, you know? Now, again, I mean, it makes sense when you, you know, I always say like my, my, my program, it's kind of like, you know, you could take like a Stanford course on Coursera for free, right? Or you could go to Stanford and enroll and, and take that. Those are two different things. And one's obviously going to lead you in a much different path and probably to a much different outcome. However, um, what I would suggest is you start where you're at, pick your worst habit and focus on that for a while. Imagine that. And imagine you come up with some genuine strategies to deal with it, like to resolve it. And then you move on to the next one. That's how a normal person approaches anything in your life you want to change. And weight loss, you've been, again, I, I can't stress this enough. You've been hypnotized by the diets to do this bullshit approach that doesn't work. You know it doesn't work. You know it doesn't work for anyone. You know this, right? Because you know, like when a friend tells you you're going to start some diet, do you ever believe them? Do you? You don't believe when you're going to start, you don't believe it's going to work. Even you start getting results and you don't think they're going to last. <laughs> Think about this. Talk about your mindset, right? A few have already said that oh, I lost, I lost almost ten pounds, and I'm nervous as shit. I'm, I'm terrified. I'm going to put it back on because you know it's not sustainable. The way you're doing, it's not going to last. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at some point, you know, you just got to like recognize it and say, you know what, I'm done with that. It's not working. You know. But anyways, yeah. When I feel bad, because when you you probably have very few strategies to feel better. That was my core thing, by the way, right? So I was 19. I was binge drinking. I was 50 pounds heavier. And I was miserable. And what did I have to deal? So why did I have so much? I, my, my dad died when I was nine. Never dealt with any of that stuff. Um, now I'm 19. I'm feeling completely lost in life. Completely lost. Don't know what I'm doing. Took a semester off from school. I don't know what I'm doing. Just feel lost, upset, angry. I, I don't know how to deal with any emotions I'm, I'm feeling. You know. So what do I do? Eat, drink, eat, drink, eat, drink. You know. And so it wasn't until it was just a miracle, magic. You know, that, that I came across hypno all in like two months. Hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, Tony Robbins. Uh, I started playing guitar, started doing martial arts, learned yoga, meditation, all of these things. And so for the first time in my life, I was able to start dealing with the stuff that was going on inside of me. Because, I mean, I could have done 50 diets. It's like it never dealt with that stuff. Well, what do you do when you feel like shit? If you don't have any strategy to deal with that, then you're probably going to keep eating. Because the weight's easier to deal with than those emotions. You know, so I think it's important that you start to have this inward focus of attention and to demand that you get some genuine resolution that you can solve. When I feel bad, I'm aware of it. So now I feel bad. Now I get depressed. I get I get pissed off. But I get more like depressed and it just kind of hits me sometimes like a wave. But I'm aware of it now and I let myself feel it and I have strategies to deal with it that are genuine. They have nothing to do with food. Simply because I don't want to eat food because I don't want to cover it up. I want to deal with it, but I can deal with it now because I have a lot more tools. Does, does that make sense? But I'm, but I'm, I'm in the ballpark of actually dealing with it. And so it feels so much better. I'm not running away from it saying, well, if I just lose the weight, then this will go away. Cause you know, it won't, you know? And so, um, I like to go right to core. Again, that's my, my program's an inside out approach to weight mastery. I don't see any other way you could do it. I just don't, I don't know how, if you're not going to, if you don't know how to influence your mindset, if you don't know how to influence your emotions, if you don't know how to change how you're thinking, I, I just don't know how you would do this because 
I swear that's just the core of all of it. I really believe that. So you're not alone. You're not alone with that. You always make total sense about losing weight. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's my goal here. I want to help people and I want to make sense. Because I always feel bad. Like it's, And we've all been there, but it's like I feel so bad because I know like so many people listen to this that you've been at this for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And it's like you start to develop this belief that you're the problem. You know what I mean? That, that you're broken in some way. Look at all these people succeeding on diets. If I can't do it, I must have not willpower. I must be wrong. It's not. The only problem you have is that you got a shitty strategy. It's a dieting strategy and it, it's fucked from pillar to post. It, it's just, it's bad. It's a bad strategy. And given the right strategy, you can get way better results. I know this because this is what I've done. <laughs> I've done it for 20 years, you know, and it's like menopausal women, metabolic disorders, insulin resistance, people getting ready to go get weight loss surgery that have to lose weight before they can do it. You know, I've worked with and helped them lose weight. So it's like I've helped people cross the board. And so I've just seen it over and over again that it's not it's not you. It's the strategy. It's the programs you're running. And you haven't had the opportunity to learn better programs, you know. Um, I often eat the wrong foods to treat myself. Yeah, of course. I mean, think about it. Every single food ad you've seen, and you've seen millions of them in your lifetime, every single food ad is a hypnosis session looking to associate an emotion to their product. And they got nothing to do with each other. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like they're, they're just hijacking so much of our natural biology and um, our, our psychology to manipulate us into using their foods. And to think about foods primarily is this emotional thing. You know, food's fuel. Like you can't even think of it that way anymore. That's how corrupted it all is, you know? And it's like, people look at this, oh, your salad's four days a week. That's boring. That's boring. And so it's like, you can't even, even four days a week of eating salads for lunch feels like impossibly boring, you know? But it's like, it's not boring to me because it makes me healthy and happy and, and it allows me to do way more exciting things, you know? So it's like, if, if the most excitement you get out of life is from food, and I like food. Like I get a lot of enjoyment out of it, but I, I, you, I do it like my dad. I don't know. You know, you don't have this experience, but it's like my dad was the greatest guy that I ever knew in my life. Like he was just a standout guy. He was awesome, you know, and he's a hard worker, just, just great across the board. And he was known as an eater, right? Like he loved eating food. He was obese, not morbidly obese, but, but technically obese, lived a fast life as a mechanic, you know, worked re really hard, worked a lot but he was always known as an eater. He loved food. And so I grew up with him and I wanted to be just like him. So it's like, I would eat like, I always like all these lobsters and clams. And I was a kid and it was like, that was always, oh, you love steaks and prime ribs and, and all this stuff. So it was like, I was always like, Oh, the more you eat, that was just how we all showed love. We're Greek. You know what I mean? And, and on top of being Greek, this guy just loved eating, you know, it's like, he's an eater. Cool. Okay. Then he dies of a heart attack, you know? And then it's like, everything just stops. Everything. It gets still, it's 40 years later. 40 years later and it's still mess with me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, okay. And the, the weird thing was though, like everyone's still like, like, oh, he loved food. He loved food. Yeah, he's an eater. And they're talking about it. It's like, man, if someone died of a drug addiction, people are like, oh man, he loved his drugs. Loved his drug. So again, I, I don't, I'm just, I'm trying to give you a little bit of perspective where I'm coming from, where it's like, I look at the food and it's like, yeah, I like food too. But it's like, it, it took, at, at that time, that was the most important person in my life. And it's like, just blew up my life. The biggest trauma I ever experienced. And it's because he, he knew he had heart issues, he had gout, he had flat feet, he had all these other gallstones, all these other health issues. And he knew he had the heart issue and he couldn't change how he ate. He just couldn't do it. You know what I mean? And that's what I see with people. They, they want to change. They want to lose the weight. They don't know how to do it. And it's like, there's almost like, I don't know, no matter what the situation, they just can't change it sometimes. But it's like, so you're going to tell me about like, people say this with the food, right? This was, oh, what's life? Life's too short not to eat good food. 
well, I just don't feel that way so much because life can be a lot shorter from eating good food too. So I don't know, dude. We live in a society where it's like, it's like the cigarettes, like a hundred years ago, no one thought cigarettes were bad for you, you know? And it's like, they were just as addictive. So if you want to stop smoking cigarettes a hundred years ago, good luck, you know, because there's no negative stuff associated to you. You didn't have the, right. You didn't have the, the, the understanding of them that we have now. And that understanding helps us not do it because we recognize the consequence. Well, with the food, we're in this weird phase where it's like, we're just so inundated with all the bullshit. It's like, I, I can't imagine at some point in our lives, we're not gonna have like warning labels on food. Because it's literally at this point, the foods we're eating are the number one cause of preventable deaths. And so it's like, I don't know, man. It's always, I, I go crazy with this. Like, I love food. When it's moderately used, I love it. It's great. It's probably like, it's like drugs. <laughs> do drugs sometimes. I don't know. But oh, when we do drugs, you get addicted to them. Right? But then we're all addicted to food. <laughs> They're killing us. And it's like, if you say that, then you're a boring guy. You don't even want to ruin everyone's fun. But I don't know. I don't know what to say. But, but these foods are literally killing people. Literally shortening their lives, making their lives worse while they're eating them. And, but we can't talk about it that way. It's always just, oh, food's fun. Food. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting off track. I get, I, get, I get emotional about this stuff. I don't understand it. I'm a Saudi Arabian. All right. That's, that's a cool name. I like it anyways. You're a great event. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. Observe yes. I like that. What are some alternatives? Marketing is hypnotism. They try to get us to want everything, not just food. Yeah, I, agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. The marketing is hypnotism. You got to know that, everyone. So that's why it's like, oh, I can't be hypnotized. You don't have to be hypnotized. Understand, hypnosis isn't so much going to a trance. Hypnosis is the process of influencing your subconscious mind. So you don't need to go into a deep trance to be in hypnosis. Every time you're sitting there watching TV and you're kind of like just there absorbing it all, that's a hypnotic state where you're being influenced. So, so that's what's going on. Okay, it's, it's the process. Hypnosis is the process of influencing your subconscious mind. You don't have to be a zombie trance to be in that. Okay, so don't think that way. Okay, um, and it's all impacting us. Um, accept it, please. Not sure. Oh, I'm requesting to talk to you with my voice by not typing. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, try it again. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Let's see. Yeah, they advertised cigarettes like they were good years ago. Yeah, exactly. They used to have, they used to have, um, they used to have uh, doctors. The doctors say, oh, thanks for the rose. I saw that. Um, yeah, they have doctors. Oh, this is the healthiest cigarette. This is the cigarette I smoke. <laughs> right? We're good. Just making you think crazy. Will your body get used to raw greens without stomach upset? Um, I don't know about stomach greens, but I can tell you this. When I started eating salads and I really started eating a lot more beans, um, my stomach felt pretty off for a couple of weeks. Like, like I remember not like, like two weeks, but about like a week and a half, two weeks, I felt like someone poured cement in my intestines. I felt very full kind of gastrointestinal kind of issue. Um, and then it all cleared up. I got used to it. So you have a thing called the microbiome and, um, you know, it, it can, it can change depending on what you're eating. Greens might take a little bit longer and some people have issues with greens. So I can't speak to that one specifically, but I'm just sharing my bean story with you. Cause that it just took a little bit of time to get used to it. So I'll leave that up to you to figure out and maybe talk to your doctor with I get what you're saying. My husband loved food. Yeah. Um, yeah. And food is always a reward in schools and work. Like why wow, you did a good job. Here's a free lunch. Yeah. It's, it's just true. We use it as a reward nonstop. So again, we're adaptive creatures and we just, you know, we start using it for that. They'll never put warning labels on food because we live by a sickness model instead of a wellness. Yeah. True that. True that. Right. And that I always say like that my, my forever video that I seemingly never make, but the obesity conspiracy is really three main people, the food manufacturers, the diets, of course, they're one and the same and the medical establishment and the medical establishment is mainly 
I think they're just complicit, you know, that they don't make a big enough deal out of it. And let's be honest, I mean, we look at their business model and it's a business model based on treating symptoms, you know, not, not finding the cure. And so that's why I think they don't make a big enough deal about weight and type two diabetes and all the rest of it. Um, chocolate is addictive. Yeah, sure. I find better ch quality chocolates, less addictive. You know, that's my experience. You know, I don't know if you'd find that. How do I change my habits if my family isn't trying to? Yeah, that's a challenge for sure. Um, you know, you just have to, you have to really shore up your motivation and reasons why you want to do this. You know, um, uh, luckily I had my wife who's my girlfriend. Yeah. You live with them. Yeah. Um, that's definitely harder, but it just, you know, I did it. I did it. And it was, it was hard. Um, I didn't have people supporting me, which was weird too. My dad died of a heart attack. So as I started getting healthier, you think people would have supported it. But what happens is people, they almost feel like threatened, not threatened so much, but they feel like they'll your good behaviors are shining light on them. They start feeling more insecure about what they're doing and they have to reflect on it. And there's a lot of reasons. That's a whole thing too. You know what I mean? But anyways, um, but what I would suggest to you is that you really strengthen up. Why do you want to do this? You need to get rock solid on it, you know? Um, Cause I, I did that. Like, again, I, I was lucky to have my wife and my, was my, she was my girlfriend at the time, but she was there and we would always together. We weren't living together. And so it was, we eventually did. That made it easier too. So yeah, it's harder, but I was living with um, my family at the time. And it was challenging, but if you're, if you're focused enough, you can do it. All right. But, but it's, it's a challenge, right? USA is the worst. They love foods that are banned in other places. I wonder why. Yeah, it's true. Right. I changed my diet and losing weight mirror. So then working out all more so. Yeah, that's me too. I didn't, I didn't like when I changed my weight, I decided I built around my strengths and you all should, you know, a lot of times people try and fix their weaknesses, but mathematically building around your strengths is a much better plan. I knew I was lazy. I didn't want to work out. So I really built and optimized around eating better. All right. So I think that's a better strategy. All right, everyone. Yeah, so I so hated the gym. Yeah. And you can hate the gym again. It doesn't matter. It's, it's like, if you really internalize this, this is a profound idea, but instead of always trying to change yourself, you're always trying to change yourself. I would suggest that you build around who you are, identify your core strengths and who you truly are, and then build around that. It's a much better process and it works better. It takes a little bit longer to do that because you have to identify and tweak and optimize, but it's much more long lasting and, and better. All right. So I would suggest that. So, all right, everyone, I'm going to get out of here. Have a great day. Uh, I got a bunch of videos coming out. Hope you like them. And uh, if you go listen to my podcast, it's program yourself then on any of the things. And if you listen to it, leave, leave a little star review because the better star reviews, the better it ranks. Um, now, Oh, and then the final thing is, uh, yeah, go, go get that weight loss session. Yeah. Just go to my bio and check out that by that, uh, weight loss session and watch the training on there as well. All right. Cool. Everyone have a great day. We'll talk soon. Bye.